Welcome to the Gymnazo Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Hughes, and we're going to be serving up a bit of perspective in this episode, talking about my um, overall understanding, my um, history, and my kind of my 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 fortune telling, in a sense of where the movement industry um, is going and what it means to be a personal trainer, what it means to um, understand the greater health care system, as we currently call it right now, and what from a movement perspective, the physical therapies, the PTAs, the chiropractors, etc. And what does it mean um, to kind of blend those two things together or to kind of fight an industry that I believe is stuck in the mud and kind of happy to be there, unfortunately, and to move into a field where you're kind of doing things extremely differently and almost a bit rogue. And what it means to be a practitioner in that space. And I really believe like paving a new potential path for um, an up and coming industry called the movement specialist, um, the exercise um, personal trainer, who's really just saying, well, I'm more than that. And I'm doing more than that. And it's not really, you know, understood. So I want to kind of unlayer this understanding so uh, put on your seatbelts because this is going to be something different. Um, I hope I don't offend anybody. I'm just going to speak my experience and speak my truth um, from a way that is, well, the point is to grow what is possible. So uh, hang on tight and uh, let's get this thing started. Welcome to the Gymnazo Podcast, where you get to peek behind the curtains of what it takes to create and run a seven-figure fitness facility that ranks in the top 5% of boutique fitness studios for revenue. But to be honest, that's the least important thing about us. Founded by me, Michael Hughes, Gymnazo has created an ecosystem of services that blend performance with restoration techniques and attracts top coaches to its facility. Hosted by its owners, Peyton and myself, and our top coaches. This podcast shares our best practices on everything from how to build a sustainable fitness business to how to program for maximum results to how to build a hybrid training module that's online and in person. We have marketing secrets, movement innovation, and breaking down trends in the industry. If you're a fitness professional or a fitness business owner, this is where you learn how to sharpen your skills and to see maximum results. All right, let's start off with a little bit of history because I think that's a great place to start because it can really help us understand the future. I started this whole career off, this whole crazy notion um, in like seventh, eighth grade where I started to train my physicality. And as a kid who really didn't have much self-confidence, um, I was very kind of quiet um, just to myself, would do a lot of things by myself. Um, when I started working out, um, it really changed how I thought about myself, my mentality. My physicality changed my mentality. My mentality, I believe, really changed the DNA of my soul, of my spirit, of kind of the deeper inner workings of what my intention and purpose in this life is there for. And I, it's kind of crazy. So, again, a really big reason why I love my job, because I can literally change someone's DNA of their spirit by having them move better. We'll get into that a whole lot later. Okay, so because I was able to do that with my friends and with the athletes at my school, I started to say to myself, like, gosh, what career, like, what job can I do that really does this for a living? And at the time, I was like, wow, a physical therapist is that peak level, and that's what I pursued for the next decade of my life. 
Now, again, I was only 14. So to spend the next decade of my life is basically saying, I'm going to take the life I've already lived and repurpose it for that outcome. And for a 14-year-old, that's kind of a big decision to know what you want to do. And I feel fortunate that I felt that calling um, at that early of, of an age. But what I found out in this study, in this pursuit of my life, is that is not what it really is. Like the physical therapy world in its current state is not something that I wanted to do. Now, I'm coming from this perspective of now, almost being 40, but what I experienced was a few things. And I experienced physical therapy from two big, big spectrums. And from the first spectrum was actually my uncle, who um, just retired from physical therapy after an amazing career, of really being to me an a, tr- a true, like, like really taking the industry to a new level kind of therapist because he was with the patients. In fact, he actually treated me. And what I learned from him was that being a physical therapist is so much more about your connection with the patient, with their mindset, with their kind of soul, right, their inner workings than it is about the physical work. Though he was an amazing manual practitioner, which really set the stage for what I believe a great physical therapist is, because he would spend 50 of the 60 minutes with me in that session. Let's just say it was an hour session. And we talked and we connected about more things than my neck pain at that particular time. And we got to understand a deeper level of why things were going on in my body and how that really related to my life. It was really amazing, kind of like, okay, this is what a physical therapist is. I dig it. I love talking to people. I love helping them understand and unravel that it actually isn't the neck pain. It's actually coming from somewhere else. And that was really my take on it. Now, fast forward to when I moved to San Luis Obispo and I worked for a much, a much bigger physical therapy and in terms of like a much more successful physical therapy organization. And I was an aide for them. I actually worked with them and I shadowed with other places too. And what I got from that perspective, meaning this way physical, you know, super successful 10 plus locations around, you know, multiple states was that I was a cog in a wheel and so was the patient. And it was really the opposite side of the spectrum for me. I don't want to say it's bad, but it certainly was like took the wind out of my sails because that patient saw the physical therapist for maybe 15 minutes of that hour, maybe. And as the aide, I spent the vast majority majority of time with that um, patient, guiding them through basic exercises that as a personal trainer at the time knew how to operate and actually operate maybe a little bit differently and tweak and modify for that particular person. And I remember actually saying to the head physical therapist at the time, they're like, hey, I think, I think something's going on with this person's flan- panor, uh, plantar fasciitis, excuse me. And I think if we give him this stretch, it may help. And I, was, I remember distinctly being like, no, we don't change what we're doing. Let's just keep, you know, you do your job and let me do my job. And I, I can put myself literally at the table in the setting, the client who's in front of me, I know exactly, to, I can recreate that room um, when I was told that. And I was like, well, all right, I guess this is just my role. So why I'm sharing this story with you is because there's an issue with our current state of movement healthcare. And it's bothering me. It really, really bothers me. And in fact, 
my passion to wake up every day and go into this facility called Gymnazo is to really break the system. And it's pretty tough because you have to do it from an entrepreneurial standpoint. You're not just going to go to the APTA board and be like, hey, I think you guys should rewrite how you do things. Because as a personal trainer, quote unquote, the lowest on the totem pole in the industry, I'm actually getting significantly better results from patients that are coming from traditional physical therapy into my facility, my gym, quote unquote. And we're kind of rewriting how they think about movement. And they're being told things that they've never been told before. I don't want to I don't want to you know, crash to pray to physical therapists. I think there's a lot of there's golden hearts out there that people just want to help. But I'm seeing a trend here that I just have to, I have to talk about. And it's not to put anything down. It's to uplift things. Now, I know a few of you may know that I really, really am passionate about um, disruptive innovation. And I really spend a lot of time um, studying companies like SpaceX and like Tesla and like just the electrification of the grid um, from transportation all the way to storage and da-da-da-da. I, I spend a lot of time doing those things because it really it connects to what I feel my job is right now is to do the same thing. We've got we to gotta revolutionize what we're doing here because I think there's a better, more efficient, and more cost-savings way of doing it. However, we're just um, in the small town of 44,000 people and changing people's lives on a day-to-day basis where I think we should be changing um, industries' perspectives on how we do stuff. So what I really like about Tesla is that they're changing how the cars are actually made, even though when you look at a car, you're like, wow, that just looks like a normal car. But in, underneath the skin, underneath there, like they're really transforming the, the manufacturing process of how that is actually done. Then they're changing how the outcome is. And it's really awesome to see that. And I believe the healthcare industry has that same mindset potential if we can get out of the mud. And what, I, what I'm really trying, trying to say here is that from a personal training perspective, we have so much freedom. And it's actually a bad thing because <laughs> we, have, we have so much unregulated freedom that we can do what we want to do. You know, we obviously got to follow ethics and morals, but we can really do what we want to do, and therefore, which means that we can be a researcher, we can be a revolutionist, we can be someone who says, I'm going to try something different and see the outcome. As long as the client athlete says, hey, I'm good with that, let's, let's go for it, and we still follow this, this, this kind of mantra of do no harm, right? We're always trying to be safety first, it allows us to expand the box of thinking. And what I'm really saying about that is that most people that come to my session or on my table or in my training environment, I'm saying things to them that they're like, I've never heard that before. Or they're saying, gosh, that makes complete sense. Why have my other health practitioners just done things this, this way? And I'm saying to them, you know what? Because there's a different way of thinking about movement that I've been given that the traditional industry doesn't consider. And okay, so I want to un- unpack that. I was given a, an, an education that wasn't physical therapy school. In fact, I never got in, and I was really bummed by that. I tried really hard to get into physical therapy school, and I was never given the opportunity to even interview. And that's really because I wasn't good on paper. My GP, my GPA was, you know, above, you know, 3.5, but it wasn't in the three eights or the fours. Um, I had all the shadowing hours, but it just, 
there were so much things there were so many things that were focused on the core sciences the physiology um, the biomechanics the anatomy classes and all these things I said well you really had to have like a top score in those classes to to get in and what I've been learned what, what I've learned about those classes is that those classes didn't teach me how to be a physical therapist even the biomechanics class that I took in college I would actually say that that actually taught me the wrong way to think literally it, it is the wrong approach because it was so like in this box, like, oh, this is a lever arm and this is how the elbow moves. And it was really so one dimensional and like, this is the way it is, do it, that it stripped me of critical thinking skills, stripped me of this concept of like, there is another possibility out there. In fact, there's always more possibilities out there than what we currently have. So with that thinking, I was actually like hamstrung in in really becoming, I think, a great practitioner. So by not getting in, it, it forced me to to find renegades. It forced me to find people who were like say, I'm going to still offer education, but in a way that um, is backed by literally a change in how we get results and results much faster, much cleaner. And um, with a little bit more thought process behind them than just follow what the protocol says, which led me to the Grant Institute. And if you follow me long enough, um, huge mentors of mine and huge um, thinkers and saying and a true, true black sheep in the industry who, do, who don't care. They're like, I care about the athlete and the patient in front of me, the client in front of me, not what some organized body of people wearing suits and ties really think and through that process, they taught me how to critically think about the human body, which I really thought what all medical practitioners do. It's always about the figuring out the problem in front of them. But that's not how it is, unfortunately. Um, at least in the movement space, um, you would think that's what it is. Each person is an individual, and therefore you must take that as the biggest factor, not a factor. And I think the biggest factor that the movement industry takes at the medical level is they say, here is what studies have showed us. Here are the bell curves of opportunity. And you're going to start with the peak of that bell curve of what drills to do, how to assess them, and then run it. And if that doesn't work, then you can maybe start to think a little differently. But unfortunately, when you teach people to be cogs in the wheel, when you teach physical therapists in traditional schooling to be cogs in a thought process, they're going to operate like a cog. And therefore, that cog can only go in one direction. And the deviation process doesn't happen. And I've seen that time and time again. In fact, I'm still in touch with a lot of physical therapist students, physical therapy students, excuse me, coming out of school today as I'm filming this, who are saying like, this is the way to solve this problem. And I l listen to these stories and talk to them personally, like, well, wait a minute, is what about this way? And they're like, well, that could work. I'm like, it, 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 exactly, should we give it a try? And it's like, well, no, no, they got to do, they got to think about it this way first. And here's an, here's an example, like um, lower back pain, like, oh, it's all about stabilizing the core. Like they got to do those drills, do those drills. I'm like, but what about um, maybe, maybe their foot's a little messed up? Maybe their, their, their hip, the thoracic spine's messed up. They're like, ah, well, it's a possibility. But they're kind of like shoving it down. Like, it's a, just a possibility. But really, you have to do these, these things. 
And to me, the way I think about it, like everything's a possibility, and you have to find out a way to, to deduce down to the most probable suspects. And every person's brand new. So you have to, you have to, to emphasize movement from a, from a spherical um, or kind of a well-rounded approach every time. And this leads me to be like where personal trainers have this golden opportunity to literally rewrite an industry. And this is where I'm kind of really getting into it because physical therapists and medical-based movement practitioners are stuck in the mud, not necessarily because they want to be. It's because they were taught to be by a greater influence than their, than their professors, than their leaders. It's called the way insurance is done. Most, most training and conditioning at the medical grade and movement is, is really, really um, dictated by how people, how the therapist, how the business gets paid. It's the insurances that are really saying, if you don't treat a certain way, then you're only going to get paid this much. Or if you don't put these modalities in there, like e-stem, ultrasound, ice packs into their things, then, well, I mean, you can do other things, but we're definitely going to pay you to do these things. And honestly, you're not going to fix anything. Fix is the key word. Solve for the root problem by doing ice packs, ultrasound, or e-stems. I'm just going to say that flat out as a broad statement, and I'd love people to come back and say, hey, uh, from a movement-related pain, that that is a, that is a great way to treat, treat people from a movement-related pain standpoint. And, but that's what, like, that was like standard practice at my PT job. Stan like, everyone got that. And you know what also bothers me? Everyone got onto an elliptical, a treadmill, or a bike for like 10 to 15 minutes when they showed up to the physical therapy practice. Like, that's a great warm-up. Like, what the hell? Really? That's how you're just going to spend a good 25% or, you know, a little less of your session by just doing that? Like, you're just burning time. Just burning time. Like, come on. There's another way of doing th th these things. But I want to be, be kind because I want to say, like, when I was at that job, like, that seemed like, oh, that seems like the best thing, thing to do. But now knowing what I know, the perspective that I've gained is like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got to change some thing, things up here. We got we to gotta make things a lot more custom. But in that custom process, we can still build systems that allow for efficiency. Because it is really about, you know, unfortunately, we still live in a capitalistic society where a profit is actually more important than an outcome in this way of thinking. Now, my job is to make the best outcome actually the best profit. Truly, I'm going to say that again. My role for the rest of my life in this industry is to make the best outcome the most profitable outcome. Because if it's not a win-win between practitioner and patient or client or athlete, then it's a no deal, flat out. It has to be a win-win. And that's why I freaking love Tesla because it's a win-win. It's a win, it's always a win-win. That's the whole company's mission. I, mean, I don't wanna to be too distracted by it, but you know, it's, the, it's, the, it's, it's an, still an evolving technology, but it's getting better and better and better and better where the gasoline is, car is pretty much peaked. Anyways, sorry, I digress. 
What I really mean by, the, by having personal trainers having this perspective, changing their name, evolving their practice, pushing the industry to a new level, is it takes that deeper education and saying, I'm going to seek out other options. And to really understand a body from a chain reaction, from a biomechanical leverage tension network, all those fancy terms, really mean everything that I wasn't taught in traditional education. I was taught the muscles. I was taught, you know, how to do use machines, you know, very well. I was taught if you have um, a knee pain, this is what you do. You do straight leg extensions and you do uh, leg presses to strengthen the muscle around the knee. Like that is the way to fix it. Seriously, like there's no other way to fix it. Well, that's the way you should start. And then from there, you can figure out why it's not working versus let me figure out why it's there first and then start applying um, strategies or excuse me, techniques to it versus let's try a technique. If it doesn't work, then we'll, then we'll, then we'll change. I, I don't know. I think there's, I think there's a, uh, what? There's an opportunity here. So I, I want to kind of call clients and athletes and movement practitioners together to really saying, can we start asking some, some questions? Can we start saying maybe, is there a better way that we can go about this process? Is there a way that we can start challenging the system? And for a lot of physical therapists out there, like it's really, they're, you know, they're really going to school spending pretty close, if not more, to $100,000 in student debt because they can't really work and go to school. It's, it's too demanding. Uh, they, they can, but it's, 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 it's rare. Um, they're going to be in debt 100K, and they're going to make around 60K to 100K per year um, to be a physical therapist. You know, it's you know depending on where you live and your specialties. But um, like, what if you just spent like $20,000 on your education, and you got to work as you learned, and you can make already 60 to 100K as a movement specialist, as we like to call it. Um, what would you choose? Like, what would you choose? Spend three years of your life, move somewhere that you maybe don't want to be to go to a school, get $100,000 in debt, and then make the same amount of money that I'm making right now, and I have no student debt, and I learned as I worked. And my schooling, my tr like my actual like true schooling was only like $20,000. What would you choose? Like, it would be a no-brainer. But people just don't know that this is out there. So I kind of want to—I want to start a fire. I want to—I want to help people to like, like. There's a new evolving industry coming out, or excuse me, there's a new evolving career in an industry coming out that we have just given the name of a, of a movement specialist. We actually call ourselves functional movement specialist or movement practitioner. Like we don't, you know, have a, a coined name yet. It doesn't really really matter. But there's a badge out there that you can wear that gives you this opportunity to rethink and rewrite how movement is done and how the results from that, from that thought process is changing people's lives in a way that a lot of athletes and clients just aren't seeing. So we have to get away from the old way of doing things. And insurance is dominating, is in do is dominating the sick care, not healthcare, right? Remember? We have sick care pretty well figured out. Healthcare is where I, I actually work and where a lot of people in the preventative medicine, you know, preventative practitioners, that's where we work. So I'm now saying from now on, ready? I am in the healthcare industry 
And anyone who works in hospitals or works with people who are already broken, you're now called a sick care practitioner. There's no negative context around that. It's just defining what it actually is. If you work with people who are healthy and want to become healthier, you are actually a healthcare practitioner. If you work for someone who's already sick and broken, you're now a sick care practitioner. If we just rewrite the, the rules on that alone, I think it would start to get people into a whole new mindset about what's really going on, what's the real problem with our greater healthcare industry nationally and the costs that go with it and its bankrupt kind of model. So if we start to think about it from a, from a personal trainer, like edging into this new arena where it really is going to take some education, there's no question. We can't just call ourselves a, a certified personal trainer and be like, I'm great. Because honestly, we're not. Not even close. I mean, we're not even close to close to close. It really takes um, a solid understanding of how the body works. And I don't even think traditional physical therapy schools are actually diving into that. They do dive into a lot of great stuff. You know, the pathology of healing, uh, the pathology of surgeries and how the, well, that's kind of saying the same, the same thing, but kind of how things actually work from a deep physiological level, which a lot of personal trainers don't even know. In fact, one thing that I'm actually still diving into as I'm, under, as I'm working with more and more complex cases um, of movement pain but it comes to this point, it's like, if I can do this and I can charge cash versus get reimbursed from insurance, what's like the general outcome of that, uh, of that just total understanding right, right there? So I'm getting someone who's actually paying out of pocket, which means they actually want to be there. They're actually investing in themselves. For someone who's paying it from insurance, they're like, ah, insurance covers it. You know, I'm not really out more than $20 per visit. So what kind of energy are they putting into that work? And it's kind of an interesting concept, right? Uh, like just from a mentality standpoint alone, if someone pays out of pocket versus says insurance is going to do it, where is their level of investment? Because physical therapy traditionally could be really, really beneficial. And it, it is, generally speaking, but it's missing a huge boat on true impact, true change. And it's being, it's being hamstrung by, by the way that it's done from an administrative standpoint. So I'm calling personal trainers out there. I'm calling, I'm calling trainers of all out there. Like, let's, I think we can do this. Excuse me, we can do this. Because as the generations start to shift, I'm actually a millennial. And it's kind of weird because millennials are now turning like 40 um, or have already turned 40. Um, we're really calling on, on a new way of doing things. And like, I really think that we could solve a huge chunk of the healthcare system um, which is dominated by um, what we call MSDs or um, muscle skeletal disorders, right? Um, there's, there's billions, hundreds of billions of dollars that are being spent on muscular skeletal disorders that aren't getting solved. They're just being misdiagnosed or undertrained or under understood. And so it just continues to go on. Like we're just going to have movement pain as a part of our aging life. Like I'm just getting older, therefore I have movement pain. That is ridiculous. Certainly there are caveats. Certainly there are things that you, you, you know, you're really not going to, you know, totally fix everything. Um, but there should be this always sense of like, I can always get better. The human body is never static. Um, it's always evolving, and therefore our understanding of the human body should be always evolving. I really like this concept like, 
you know, we have, we're in this technological era of, the, of our, you know, existence as a human being. And we typically give credit to, you know, like Apple or, you know, the companies that I've talked about, you know, like that are, that are making hardware and cool devices and cell phones and cameras and et cetera. But we're still in the same technological evolution from a, from a healthcare standpoint too. And I'm not talking about computers or machines or MRIs or imaging. I'm talking about our own understanding of how the human body works. And I really look at myself as someone who can rewrite software for the human being, because that's how the brain works too. It's the same, it's the same electrical system from, an, from a basic standpoint. And we can actually change our hardware. Our hardware, our physical body is actually adaptable and is adapting even as you're listening to me talk. And so if we can do that, then let's do it. Let's, let's put on our, our, our overalls and do some hard work. Let's push the industry to a new level. But it's going to take a, 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 a total band of individuals doing it. Um, and I'm just I'm throwing a flag in, in the ground and saying, uh, let's do it. And even though there's a lot of different methodologies out there, it's not really about which one's better. It's about understanding all of them and saying, which one works for the person in front of me? Because the best workout program, the best physical therapy treatment is the, actually the one that the person's going to do. That's really what it comes down to. And if you need to do, have them do something a little bit different, it's our job to have the soft skills and the coaching ability to educate and, and persuade someone to think about something differently. And that's what I really believe um, is needed. And that's just kind of on my heart. And that was a total rant podcast. And I hope it connected. I really do. If you're listening to this part, then at least it you know, connected this, this far. But that's just on my heart. That was just kind of weighing on me as, as, as I'm digging into this industry more and more and more and just don't want to be a, a facility that's in San Luis Obispo that serves just San Luis Obispo. Uh, to me, that's, that's not what I was put on this earth to, to do. I mean, yes, I do want to serve the people here. I, I, I love my job every day, but there's so much more out there. And I don't want to just say, oh, let's just franchise this thing and let's just make a profit the purpose which is what the fitness industry is doing right now. Let's make, let's make franchising all about profitability versus actual human care, health care. And when I'm looking at all these big places, the F45s, the Orange Theories, even CrossFit, it's like it was a – CrossFit not so much, but it was really about like how much money can we make? How can we make this a mill? You know, person in, money out. That's not a win-win. Yes, it may be a good workout. You may be burning calories. You may have good motivation, but that is not healthcare in the greatest or the most profitable human sense. Um, it's really important that we solve movement dysfunction as well as burn calories. It's really important that we provide maintenance on our machine as we exercise our machine. What I'm basically saying is that like, I'm super happy for all these people and all these trainers that are helping people build better biological systems, right? Their cholesterol goes down, their stress goes, goes down. But what about their physical systems? What about the machine that runs the greater machine? I took that from Elon Musk, by the way. 
Like that's what we need to focus on. That's the next level of opportunity in this industry. We've got we've got burning calories down. We've got physique building down. Pat, we're we're really good at that. Thumbs up. We got an A. Now let's climb the next rung on the ladder, and that's maintaining the machine that makes everything work. So with that, I'm going to peel, peel out of here. I'm going to say, hey, thanks for listening in. Um, if you want to talk more about this, we got this cool website called Gymnasio EDU. Even better, we have this amazing program that at this point brings everything that I've just shared into an applicable, literally applicable process of thinking and operating in your facility. And it's a mentorship called the Multidimensional Movement Coach. And when I thought about like, what do I want to do for my career? Do I want to open up more gyms? I was like, no, I really don't want to do that. What I really want to do is I want to educate more trainers in the way that I was educated because that's what's going to move the needle. That's what's really going to change things. It's not about Gymnasio's name getting bigger. I could literally care less about the brand growing. I really, really want is a methodology, a thought process, a caring understanding of how this human body works from a physical, mental, and spiritual standpoint to grow. So if that connects with you at any rate, then check us out because uh, we are bleeding heart people that want to change how the human body and the human mind understands this amazing gift called the human body, this amazing gift called movement. And if we can really tap into that and really make this a well-known way of, of doing things, ah, man, I, I just, I mean, there's a lot of utopias out there and um, having a human body that works well is, uh, is really one of them. So with that, thanks for listening in. Um, have a great day. Hope that sparks some interest in you. Um, if I offended you, I apologize, but reach out and let's talk about it because I was that way. I thought that same way. And maybe I'm just so far on a spectrum now that I'm forgetting a few realities. That's possible. What I love about this industry is that we have to accept when we are wrong because when we're wrong, that only makes us better if we learn and make changes. So I'm excited about being wrong more so I can be better for that next person who comes on to my session, onto my floor, or for that next coach who says, Michael, I want to learn from a process that you've learned and how we can expand it more. So here's to being wrong. Here's to changing things. And here's to us literally moving up the rung every single hour of our day that we are in a workflow, that we're in a, a passion of helping someone in front of us. So with that said, cheers. Talk to you soon. And... I'm out of here. Bye-bye. Hey, y'all. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your fitness-obsessed friends and peers who are also navigating this world of fitness and trying to succeed with the trends and misinformation. As you guys can see, this podcast is basically a masterclass for trainers wanting to level up in their coaching skills and their fitness business model. We launched this in 2020 because you and your fitness tribe deserve to see an unfiltered look at all the aspects of what it takes to stand out as a next generation coach and build a successful fitness business. So share it far and wide. And please, when you do, do me a favor, 
take a screenshot of this screen and share it to your social media accounts and use the hashtag gymnasopodcast. That's hashtag gymnasopodcast. That way we can see you and share your post with our audience. And finally, when you're ready to go to the next level as a coach or in your business and to reach more people, please go check out gymnasoedu.com. We have put together the best 90-day coaching program on the market for trainers wanting to become a masterful practitioner and build a business that gives them the freedom and impact. So let us help you do just that. We have online training and one-on-one coaching to guide you through a full 90-day certification. We even get you training our clients live because it's always better to work out your kinks on someone else's clients than yours. But we promise you this, your clients will be blown away by the transformation our program will help you make. You'll be masterful at a whole new level and part of an incredible community of coaches worldwide taking their skills to the next level. So if you thought today's episode had some fire to it, and inspired you to take action, wait until you see what we deliver on this program. So just go to gymnasoedu.com and we'll see you on the other side. Remember that turning your passion for fitness into transformation and sustainable business is critical to reaching the people and lives you were put on earth to help. It matters and truly can make an impact in other people's lives. So I hope you do that. Keep sharing your passion and we'll talk to you soon.